Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is Tony. And that is. Oh, we're live. Dantzler. Sam Dantzler. <laughs> and this is our intro to our last episode <laughs> of 2024, where we talk a lot of stuff about a lot of things. <laughs> and we haven't been drinking. If you're wondering no, right now, am, we have not started drinking yet. I'm just excited about Christmas. Me too, man. We are signing off our year. We do our year in review where we talk about some of our favorite episodes, some of our favorite people. We give you some metrics that we have for uh, the podcast that you may may or may not know. So Merry Christmas. Yeah, man. Enjoy this episode of GarageCast. We're going to do our best to get new thinking out there. There's going to be discussions centered around growth and new thinking. That's where those great ideas come from, exploring them together nuggets that you can go back and put into your dealership that'll help you make more money. This is GarageCast. Welcome to GarageCast. That is hilarious. What you guys can't see <laughs> is, I don't know what the hell this is, but I think they call it haptics, but who knows. But Dantzler's computer is on uh, MDMA, is what it is. It's on drugs. <laughs> but it, uh, it whenever he puts uh, certain signs up in front of his camera, these mm. crazy effects go down. So, you know. Rockstar fingers, rockstar up quotes, the irons, up the, <laughs> up, the up the irons. Uh, you get this laser show. If he puts up a thumbs up, it pops up in this cart. Yeah, so he's he's found this new toy. Neither one of us knew what the hell was going on when 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 we saw it, but now we figured it out. Uh, <laughs> Nothing like hilarious. being on a business call and all of a sudden on a Zoom webinar, <laughs> I got sparklers and fireworks yeah, and like, Disney behind me and every. I don't know what's yeah. wrong with my computer. My daughter yeah, clearly got a hold of it. Here we are, and if you listen to last week's pod, we had we had Jeremy Richardson on, who was the the reason that this podcast exists. He's the guy that mm. launched this into, uh, you know, he's he was putting this in Sam's ear like mad. I finally just said, "Screw it, I'm going to go out and get the get the <laughs> stuff and and to listen That's to those right. first episodes." Yeah, man, I just said. Fuck we it. used to travel. I'm going. You remember that? We traveled with a Pelican case with our little recording kit in it because we had yeah. to do it from the road. We had our little briefcase that we yeah, walked man. around with. And, you know, you go back and you listen to those episodes and quite frankly, they're terrible, but whatever. I mean, it was it was the start <laughs> of something that has now turned into, it's not even arguably, it is the single greatest thing that we have done and I think you would agree, like, this is our, this is what we're most proud of is that we are able to talk to people that are like super cool, yep. super big players in this industry, people that have stories that at the end, you're like, holy shit, I did not think that was coming or going to happen. Right. Like there's all kinds of ways to message with this. And honestly, it's super humbling as well. Just, you know you've heard us talk about this is like, we'll reach out to people be like, Hey man, you, you, you want to be on our silly little podcast? I'm like, Oh man, I've been, I've been waiting for you to call me, man. This is awesome. Like, just tell me what I need to do. We're just like, this is, that's, that's incredible. Right. So 189 episodes, dude. It's yeah. That's pretty crazy. I remember when we were saying we've two years in and we're going on the third year and here we are, we just finished the fourth year in this thing. And w when this thing kicked off in 2020, just because of timing and happenstance and the fact that we had no idea what the hell we were doing, we all of a sudden were like, well, here, here's COVID. Let's just do what we can do to get information out to dealers. And um, we got a lot of feedback about becoming a very helpful voice in the world of podcasts. And I think that has continued to your point. We are proud of it. It wouldn't be what it is without JB Hager, our awesome editor. So thank yeah, you to man. JB for putting this together every week, sometimes late on a Monday night for a, for a Tuesday night, Tuesday yeah. morning launch. Uh, yep. JB's the bomb. So we got a lot to talk about. We're just going to give you your, your, your year in review. We're wrapping up the, the year with this final podcast, but I'm going to run something by you, Dantzler. February hmm. 7th, 2023, our biggest episode of 2023. You want to take a guess at what it was? 
Did I do it solo? Were you not available and I just went on no, a solo? Oh God, riff? no. Oh. I had I had to carry you like a boat anchor again, and it's still people <laughs> listen to it. So yeah. I'm gonna suggest it was our friend Jay Share. I really thought Jay and Jay was up there. Jay, if you guys remember, Jay Jay Sure is the, the guy that, you know, he's a customer of Johnny Chef's, um, went through a horrible, horrible situation medically, lost all kinds of parts of his bodies if you if you go back and listen to it i mean he he gets i mean he gets deep about the body parts mm. that he has lost mm. but this guy and and this was probably the episode for me that i got the most calls on like texts were like holy shit i man i thought we were talking about motorcycles and customer experience and a really successful businessman and then that happened like that was nuts it was an incredible interview that podcast yeah. went. It, that, that's why we had to put it in two parts. If you haven't heard it, uh, I don't know what episode it was, but it was earlier this year. Yeah, to your point, great. I mean, I got so much stuff out of him. You know, talking about finding excellence and whatever RPM or cadence your business is running. Yeah, I just that was awesome. And he's where I got match my enthusiasm. If you've heard me go off on a rant about if I walk into your store, somebody better match my enthusiasm. That was all coming from Jay. And then yeah, and then his story about riding motorcycles with our buddy Johnny chef and and kind of how that all thing how that whole thing parsed out unbelievable story yeah that was episode 153 154 if you guys have not heard that episode go back and listen to jay sure it's insane if you want to get uh an injection into your arm about a guy that's just living his best life but yeah i digress february 7th february 7 2023 time to pivot it was an episode (laughs) It was an episode that Sam and I did where we were just like, and we're not, we've said this a million times. We're not profits at all. We are hacks. We're blowhards. We've been called (laughs) Adam Smith calls me and you blowhards on your microphones. I mean, we've been called all kinds of names, but Mm. we most certainly were seeing things with the numbers and feeling it with the industry and talking to a lot of people out there and, Time to Pivot was an episode that we did that was just like, hey, man, the concept was you have the playbook. Let's not panic. You just came off the greatest year ever in the history of power sports. It's just time to pivot into a new market. So that was our number one episode of 2023 um, by a long shot. So super cool. Well, and that's interesting to me because we've had we've had some very fascinating people on. And we out of the box people as well, like Andy Andrews, author, you know, we spent some time with yeah. him and all of a sudden we had him on. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's when I'm, that's when you know that you're punching above your weight, man, is when you have a guy like that <laughs> on, you know, a, a dude that's written X amount of book, 20 some books. He's tra- he's training he sent. He sent Sam a doc and da- Dantzler sent it back to me like, hey, look at this. And, you know, here's here's my audience for my next training session. And it was Joint Chiefs of Staff and commanders and vice admirals of different countries, navies and militaries. He's training those kind of people. So it's just, he was an interesting interview. The resume looked like Bill Juergen from correct craft. You remember like like he sat on this, sat on the board with two presidents and like, and I mean of the United States presidents, not of the boating association. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Andy, Andy was awesome. I love that. He talked about the myth of the satisfied customer. Right. You think about, well, I think we satisfied that customer. And he's like, isn't being satisfied the lowest possible bar available? Why are you striving for the lowest bar? He really had me wrapped up with that one. Yeah. My my favorite line from that guy that blew my mind and really. I'm going to say changed my life was don't believe what you think. That That was was a good one. That was just like. Don't believe what you think, because there's so many times that we have these internal dialogues in our head that just like, you know, this is this is just the way it is, or this must be the way that the situation's playing out. Don't believe what you think, because you may yeah. just be off in left field, right? I, I loved uh, when he said that competing in a way that nobody knows the game's being played. Compete in a way that no one knows you're actually playing a game. Your competitors don't even know you're playing a game because you're doing something so totally different inside your store than what they're doing. And typically that has to do with one dealer centered on experience and one dealer centered on product. Yeah. Last one for Andy uh, that that was a great one for me was choose how you act despite how you feel. Such I think a good that's one. a big one for, I mean, 
whether it's teaching your children or quite frankly, teaching us adults, like, you know, <laughs> choose how you're going to act despite how inside you feel. Uh, that's a, that's, that's sage advice. It is. And, and that I'll give you my last one from him, which, cause that one rolled into if, if you're choosing how to act, right. He said, if you're calm, then calm leads to clear thinking, clear thinking leads to ideas and ideas lead to answers. Right. Yeah. So now think of that in our 20 club environment where somebody's on a rant about an OEM, for instance, not that that ever happens in our 20 clubs. And it's like, well, wait a minute, are you choosing uh, how to act? Are you calm, clear thinking? Are you coming up with good ideas and answers? It just, it's, it's, he has a way of stating the obvious in such a profound way. It just makes you just want to sit there with it for a while. You know, like switching gears before we talk about our next episode is by the statistics that we look at on our podcast and, and understanding you know, what, what works well. And and sometimes quite frankly, what doesn't work at all. I mean, we've, we've, we've had some people on the episode that just did not connect with our listeners or we didn't ask the right questions or, or whatever it might be. But what we're coming to find is that the people that we interview, they get rave Mm -hmm. reviews for sure. But the highest reviews and the highest rate of shows that we do are always Mm -hmm. you and me talking about industry numbers, about theories, about whatever it might be. So, you know, that made Sam and I both feel super, super good about, about that content, but it also has really driven us in a direction where 21, 22, we were, we were very interview centric and 23, we kind of moved a little bit away from interviewing outside people and just kind of tried to come up with ideas or I don't know, what would you call it? Like micro trainings or things that we're learning and putting out there. Like, like taking some of the, you know, we have so many hot topics when we come away from these meetings, what is one that we can deconstruct on the podcast? So you and I spent some time and it's not us either. It's also Neil and it's Max and it's our entire team. Those numbers are, are, and I think it's because it's training, right? It's training from people they know, and it's us being able to tell your team directly what you're trying to get across to them. So those those downloads are really good as well. You know, I, I want to talk about uh, some of the inter- interviews that we've done with like industry partners. And the first one I want to mention is uh, Jim and Mike from NPA. Awesome um, dudes. You know, we're going to, we're going to spark off 2024 Q1 talking to those guys because we find it valuable for, for the outside uh, dealerships so that they can kind of get an idea of what's going on. Those guys are extraordinarily astute at what they do. They have a really great way of explaining pre-owned and taking things in and making sure you get it out. And they, they explain it in a manner with absolutely zero emotion. It's complete logic of what they're saying. So Really enjoy having those guys they're, on. They're great with trends, right? They can take all that data and all of a sudden walk away with one trend as to what's happening in the market and where they think it's going to go. Um, I, I love that comment. You know, I take notes on all this stuff as we as we go through these podcasts and I try to pull them all back together for this year in review. And one of those guys said pre-owned is customer made and can be price oriented. And we sit here and say the best franchise is your pre-owned franchise, right? But the fact yeah. that it's customer made, your customer determines what's moving and what's not. And you can really fill a price point strategically if you're on the gas with the pre-owned industry. I love that comment. Yeah. Jim Woodruff also said something about value forward, which is, you know, don't buy a bike based off of what you think it's worth today. You got to look down the road. You got to see how long it's going to take Um Jim is by far one of the most astute minds in this industry. Not that Mike Murray is not, he's super smart as well, but Jim is just one of those guys that you can talk to and just, you leave those conversations a little bit smarter than when he found you. So, um, well, we've had those guys on quarterly, right? So that really helps with knowing what the trend is on the pre-owned side, particularly during a time over the last couple of years where pre-owned has been the game because we haven't had the new stuff that's out there. So thanks to those guys for coming on. Yeah. Let's talk about one other partner. We believe in this partnership big time, and mm. that is with uh, NPDA, and we had the Bobs on. Um, What's NPDA, Tony? Not everybody knows. National Power Sports Dealer Association. You guys will remember this goes all the way back to Ed Lemko when he was an advocate hardcore for dealership associations, state dealership associations get together. There's some states out there, you know, California passed some wicked laws at the end of 2023 that I think you're going to start seeing come into play in other states. Some some states have some really, really strong dealer associations. Some have weak dealer associations. Some don't have dealer associations. 
um, the genesis of the National Power Sports Dealer Association was just done right. It was done by, you know, I, I, I believe the genesis was Altoff, uh, Bob Altoff. Um, wanted to start this thing. There, there's another guy that leaves you. Bob Altoff just makes me feel stupid whenever he's talking <laughs> to me because I'm just like, God, I mean, I, I just don't have a billionth of his brain power. He's super smart, uses really great words. But Bob really kicked this thing off and he surrounded himself with like super great minds. The people on that board, the dealers, the former dealers on that board are in the know. They're successful at what they do. They're pragmatic about situations. They're not emotional and they're going to get shit done. So as you know, um, we had yep. the, the Bobs on and we were, uh, we were one of the first, if not the first to be a sponsor of NPDA for no other reason than we believe that every single dealer sea to shining sea should be a member of the NPDA. So we interviewed the Bobs and I thought it was a great interview, man. You want to talk about dudes that can talk. Bob Key, I mean, shit, Bob, Bob Key can, can <laughs> well, talk remember until 20, the 2022, we had him on the podcast. We're like, Bob, we got to get to the second story. We're yeah, 40 minutes into this thing. And so the story goes, Bob Key, Bob. And so the story goes, Key uh, and Altoff. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So some of their key things, you know, when you hear Altoff, because he, he, he is so calm and so pragmatic, but then he, he start talking about facility expenses. And at the time, Harley Davidson pushed it on their fuel program to increase facility expenses that, you know, he's like, how can corporate employees dictate a retail selling environment? And then he comes right behind it with a great comment, which I love, which is, and I want you guys to hear this facilities do not sell motorcycles. Passionate people do. Yeah. Right. I absolutely love that one. We had Jason Davis on, uh, which we'll, we'll circle back to Jason, but you're talking about a guy who's got a tiny, small, little dealership, which he calls it the ghetto dealership, right? And that, that really proves the point. It's not about your facility. It's about passionate people inside the facility. Totally. You know what? That's, I think that's a really good segue to Jason Davis. One of the, one of the most mercurial guys I know. And there you go. There's my Bob Altoff word for the podcast. He's I gotta go look that up. Mercurial. Old Jay, man. I've, uh, you and I have known Jay for the better part of two decades, man. And he is yeah. always another guy that's super, very smart. Another guy that is also not going to let you know that he's super, very smart, but we had him on and it was the first episode, uh, at least that I have ever been asked by a dealer is if you could reach out to Jason, I had one of our Canadian dealers reach out to me and say, Hey, could you please do us a favor and reach out to Jason and see if he'd be willing to share his composite with us just, just so we mm. can see what yeah. like epic looks like <laughs> so jason had to go get it approved by the powers that be but he's like yeah, absolutely go share that and they blew their mind so i mean yeah guy's incredible well it's, he's got smart you know his smart ass comments aren't smart ass they're they just happen to also be funny but they're damn you know he talked about when's the last time he cleaned out the company fridge he's not talking about literally cleaning out the fridge he's talking about when's the last time you went through what's going on inside your company and cleaned house on it but the way he said that just had me rolling on the pod i i love when he said uh, more data equals options to look at connections between the numbers i you know that yeah, I is. So Jason, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be the moderator, of Jason's 20 club and Jay doesn't say much. He's one of those guys. that's very, very minimal in his words, but when he says it, he'll say something. The room will have to take about 10 seconds to catch up with what he said. And yep. then people are get their pens out right away. Like, yeah, well, I better write that down. Cause that just made a lot of sense. So um, well, I think when you're learning the composite, you're like, oh, here's this number and it means X, Y, and Z. And then as you get better, you start realizing that that has everything to do with this number over here on the back page and it's all those connections. So when you get comfortable with it, you can see very fast where the health of the dealer happens to be by just by looking at two pages. What he's talking about is the more data we put into that composite, the more those connections and jumps that he makes. And, and yeah, it's just a, it's a goldmine opportunity to increase the business when you can make those. I like that he was quoting Rick Alcon too, if you remember that one. He, he yeah, said one things tend old, to run best right before they blow up. <laughs> one of the OGs, Rick Alcon, man. Yeah, uh, man. You know what Jason wants to do after a long, fruitful life of being a dealer owner? Once he's put out <laughs> to pasture. Once he once he gets all 27 kids out to out and grown up on their own. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah know. no kidding. 
He wants to be a moderator. Can you believe that? <laughs> well, I think he might know too much to be a moderator. Yeah, no kidding. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, you know what? So that's the metric side of Doug Rudd's empire. Let's talk about another interview that we had this year, which is mm. the HD side of Doug Rudd's empire. Another one of his business partners. We had Steve Larson on for the episode. Uh, you know, we were discussing is HD and in, in Harley in peril. Um, and Steve was a fantastic interview, a very astute guy. And, and he, he had a, a whole different way to look at the business model than what I would say a lot of people do as he always has. Well, I, I t- it takes me right back to Andy Andrews talking about choose how you act despite how you feel. Steve is most times extremely calm. And he's all, he's also much like Jeremy McGrath, who we were, who we had on last week, looking for the best side of the manufacturer in this case, Harley Davidson. So when we were talking about Harley being in peril, he very calmly laid out, well, are we doing X, Y, and Z? And this is coming from a guy who is setting the benchmarks in the composite, as opposed to the guy who's chasing the benchmarks in the composite. But I really loved his opening comment on that podcast when he said 2023 was a perfect storm of corrections values, demand, et cetera, a perfect storm of corrections from the OEM, from the retail environment, and ultimately on the store level. It's a great quote. Yeah. Larson has uh, a lot of good theories and, and his, his thing that stuck out to me the most was cost averaging your pre-owns starting yeah. with the oldest inventory first. You know, he's not looking at just one bike and saying, God, I'm super upside down in this bike and I'm going to lose my ass in this bike. I may as well. Ju-. He's going to look at his entire stock that he has out there and see that actually I'm, I'm pretty okay. I'm ahead. And yeah, he, he, he cost averages everything. So super good stuff with Larson, man. Well, and I think, I think, he really spent a lot of time on pre-owned because he he loves the game that is pre-owned because he's in full control of that game. He's always talking about shaping the inventory through pre-owned. And I think you and I kind of morph that into strategically buying the products that are moving at the best time. And then he has that comment about, well, it's great that you have the right product, but do you have them at the right time of year? Right. So going after the product and then if you cost average it, it gets you in a position much like our NPA guys about being liquid whenever you need to in the pre-owned space so that you can then go buy the ones that work for this quarter. I said, let's go Marine. Let's go Marine. Let's go to Todd Solberg. Todd Solberg, the guy with too much time on his hands and not (laughs) enough jobs. That's that's what Todd impressed upon me is that the guy's just he's he doesn't work enough. Dude, First off, point- if, you guys, <laughs> if you guys remember, we were interviewing Todd via Starlink on his houseboat from Lake Powell. And that was not because Todd gets a lot of vacations. It's because Todd could only find one hour of his vacation that he was on with his family in the middle of Lake Powell to do his podcast. So what hit me about Todd was, I mean, good Lord, the, the, what, what his resume. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the the resume the 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 marine dealerships are merely uh, like a, a side dish of the main course. I mean, he was talking mm. about yeah, we own seventy five of these, and I own a road based company. I'm a benevolent owner for the state of Utah. I mean, this guy is a businessman. Well, and 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 the road company, right? He owns a mine. He actually, to your point, those what is it? It's either four or six rooftops dealerships that he has. To your point, sidebar yeah. of some of the other stuff, he actually owns a mine. And then I forget what his comment was, Tony, but about helping pave Utah or helping helping the yeah. road situation in Utah. It wasn't like I, I sell concrete. It was it was far more graceful than I'm putting out there. But you know, and then at the end of it all, he's like, oh yeah, and then I have this healthcare company as well. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Healthcare company years old. How'd you have time to build all this? Yeah. And he's not stopping either. That's the other thing. It's just like, man, this guy, this guy keeps going. So here's the thing that stood out for me is the guy, if you listen to the interview, he runs his businesses on systems and tons of heads up displays, Google docs. Like he has, he has heads up displays for his, his businesses all over the place. And the guy is system driven and he succeeds at, anything he touches it's insane well and and tony like one comment i thought was awesome and then it was backed by another comment that i absolutely love comment i thought was awesome was he said my whole goal is to move people he said our whole team our whole goal is to move people from hey we're going boating to hey i've become a boater right how do you get somebody from doing the activity to identifying with it so much that it's it's part of who they've become 
and and it's it's about constant personal touches which the underlying theme that he threw out there was the gold mine is in mining the crm and i don't know how many times you and i have talked about that and how many times dealers tell me they can't get their salespeople to do it mining the crm Looking at the front door should be the second fun thing to do. Looking at your digital lead should be the third fun thing to do, or you could invert those, those two. Coming in and mining the CRM, that is the job of a salesperson, which is causing door swings. Yeah. And we really have said that a million times. And Millions. How many times have we asked GMs, sales managers, parts managers, service managers, salespeople in any department, if you have the choice of the front door, or your CRM DMS system, which would you take? Everybody says, oh, I'll take the computer all day long. Yet you don't do it. Yeah, just doesn't happen. You know, I did one last thing on Todd before we bounce. I really love the fact that uh, you know, the boating, the boating manufacturers in particular saw significant price increases. Not that power sports didn't, but there were some massive jumps, 30 and 40% on certain boats. And a lot of that had to do with supply chain. Some of it was justified. Some of it was, uh, I think, taking advantage of a situation with some brands that are out there. But Todd's point, Todd didn't get mad at that at all. His whole thing was, well, listen, the, the prices went up. And so our goal is how do we add value to meet the price increases? Great line. Yeah. Right. Yep. Everybody else is bitching about the price increase and Todd's looking for how do we as a team add value to justify the price increase? Just a very centered, soft spoken guy. I really like Todd. Yeah. You know how many unique listeners we have to the podcast these days? I don't know. No. Over twelve thousand five hundred. I like that. I like you the fact the that they're from some weirdo countries too. Yeah. Says I, the I American. That, <laughs> I was going to say, I love that we got that on air. Weirdo countries. Let's, <laughs> with, let's name a few, I guess. But we That's have, every country not called USA and Canada. I'll get you Canada. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, for sure. We have we have um, people downloading in Australia, New Zealand. So, hey, to the Aussies and the New Zealanders down there. Dude, we got we got three Did you individuals. Say, hey? You say hey. hey. I say good day is what I said. You did. That's what I was. I thought you were going to say good day, but you said hey. I didn't I'm want like, to be that cliche, man. Like, but, uh, you know, like what's yeah. happening? We rerun back yeah. in the day. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we have we have Asia covered. Um, mm. We have we have a large portion of Asia covered. David Archbold. I'm I'm going to throw his name out there. We got to thank him because oh, yeah. he's the guy that we interviewed from Vietnam, and I guarantee you he's pushing that down there with all his people. We have Europe listening. We have a lot of European dealers that we get feedback from that are talking to us uh, about the work that we do there. Um, how about this? Mm. We, we have, we have three unique downloaders in Africa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I was like in Africa. So, uh, Hey, Tip of a hat to you Africans yeah. out there that are downloading. Email us at info at garage composites. Intro who you are and what you want to hear. Maybe, hell, let's interview. I don't know what you're doing or what you're selling, but we'll take some time to interview for sure. I know who they are, Tony. I know who the three you, people uh, are. Do you? Okay. I do, um, I, I do because, uh, you know, Brandy's sister and she had donated. Uh, she was part of a project donating some funds and some time down to a tribe in Africa and we put together a whole care package of motorcycle t-shirts and everything and sent it down there. So I legitimately have pictures to share with you of all these cool little kids running around with Triumph and Harley and all these t-shirts and <laughs> stuff like that. So I do is know this our a, free listeners. Okay. So legit. that's the real story. Okay. That's good. a real story. So legit. I'm saying, I'm saying you're full of crapple. I'm saying it's a Harley dealer in Mauritania and it's the <laughs> Ivory Coast KTM. <laughs> that's uh, that's cool. That's, that's good. Well, Hey man, if that's the case and you're listening Throw us at info at let's talk. I like, <laughs> can't right. hurt. We got to get some traction in South America. We only have one downloader in South America. I don't know where they are, but yeah. Who is it? I, I'd have to dig in. I'll have to dig in and find is he on our one team? <laughs> no, because Alan's downloading from Mexico. And so that's North America. But and then, uh, you know, obviously we got North America. So cool. Yeah, man, that's. That's crazy for uh, for two dudes that just started this little podcast that we got going. We got people uh, all over the place. Well, we got some crazy Canadians for sure. You know, we had John oh Landon God. on this podcast. The knuckleheads. 
for sure the knuckleheads. <laughs> the knuckle uh, I, I love their quote about we have to be enthusiasts, but we can't survive on that alone. You know, yeah, very, we in the industry, true. we've got to be very passionate about it, but we ha- can't. It goes back to we have to have the systems that go with it. Yeah. Again, if you guys remember that episode, it was one of the it, it was one of those fine moments as a business owner, a moderator, a consultant. When you see a dealer that's listening to what you say, as well as what all the dealers around them are saying, taking notes in earnest, turning those notes into actionable items. And I think you guys remember, we, we talked to Landon and John about this is when they first entered a 20 club, they were in brackets. They were in the red Landon, when we talked, he's like, I just want to let you guys know that we're going to give you a shout out for that 20 club because we're going to actually hit our first seven figures um, after being in, in, in a 20 club. So it's a testament to the brilliance of everybody sitting in the room. And there are some, there's some wicked players in that 20 club, the Yamaha 20 club. Yamaha was the first manufacturer to bring us on board, period. They were the first one to come on board with garage composites. And they were the first, uh, uh, OEM sponsored 20 club. And yep. that group has been together a long time. They're super strong. They're led by Lee Van Zeeland and our boy Pete up in uh, Canada. Um, <laughs> love that. Old group. Pete. Yeah. Old you know, Pete. to your point about how those guys really took, not took the information we gave them and everybody in the room, uh, that combination that, you know, they also had that quote about the combination of the people who's in the room equals the perfect dealership. In other words, we yeah. could run a perfect dealership from all the knowledge in this room. We don't need to look outside of this room. And and as long as everybody's contributing, and how often do we say that in the room? Like, how much did you give the room? I don't care how many notes you took home. I, how much did you give the room? And if everybody comes in there with that mindset like these two guys do, you go home with solutions to what's going on out there. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Here's another big one. The big guy. We had Dave Bofiel. The big guy, uh, indeed. The big guy, man. And if you haven't had an opportunity to meet Dave Bofill, go out to Long Island and meet this guy because he's an awesome dude. Dave runs a very unique marine dealership in a very unique part of the world. He has a philosophy that is centered around his heart first. I mean, he's a he's a super tough New Yorker when you first go to meet him. And like I told you the first time I ever talked to him on the phone, he told me exactly what he was going to be doing and exactly what I would not be doing. And I'm going to give you a shot and we'll see what you guys can do. And <laughs> he's nothing but a softy, um, <laughs> damn good operator has a lot of damn money to the point where he actually, if you listen to that episode talks about how he, he actually has mortgages for his people. He has pensions that he creates as in, for his people. As in he opens open yes. and is currently holding mortgages for people on his staff. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. First of all, I love the fact that on the podcast, that leaf blower guy was going off outside his door. He's like, these sons of bitches and leaf blower. I'm going to go out there and handle these guys. And then you yeah. hear him open the door. He's like, uh, excuse me, kind sir. Excuse would you me. mind politely turning the yeah. volume of your leaf blower down? He, he loves to act tough, but he's not at all. I, I love his comment about, you know, he's 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 dealing with a very wealthy affluent market up there. Uh, and, and he said the wealthy, they will not challenge a bullshit fee. If you put a bullshit fee on there, they won't challenge it. They'll just never come back. I was like, whoa, that's probably right, right? They'll just pay it, and they'll be like, yeah, we're not coming back here. It's garbage. Yeah. Dave was, Dave was fantastic. Let's talk about some of the manufacturers that we had on. We yeah. had, uh, let's start with, uh, you know, I got accused of having a man crush on this guy. Renee Zacharias <laughs> out there in Texarkana, Harley-Davidson was like, bro, you were, you were fanboying on this guy, like how he looked. And I'm telling you, man, Luca, Luca DeVessi, De oh he God, looks pretty damn Luca. perfect. I could smell him through my computer, even though I don't have smell of vision. I mean, he showed up <laughs> looking stop. awesome. Just stop. You're giving yeah. him more information, man. Uh, more, more ammunition, I should say. Luca from MV Augusta. Love Luca. I think I told you at the time, Tony. There, oh, there's only one person that spoke to what it is people are buying on, on a level that was really hit me out of left field. And that was Michael Locke when he was the CEO of Ducati. And then Luca comes in, who, who's in charge of all of MV Augusta, premium niche Italian motorcycle brand for North America. And he outdid Michael as far as the premiumness and the luxury of what's for sale. Do you remember some of the stuff he was saying? I can tell you the one thing that I remember for the rest of my life okay. that is astounding 
uh, I wish I could have an Italian accent, but we don't believe in model year. <laughs> Just like <laughs> there's no need when you have something that is art and perfection. Why should I change it? Just because Just because the calendar says I should and you think I should have a dealer show. Right. We don't believe in model years. You'll buy a five-year-old bike if it's perfect. And it is. It's, I was just right. like, mic drop, interview's over. Like That's insane. The hubris. Like- how many times do people accuse OEMs of, oh, great, bold new graphics, another year with bold new graphics? <laughs> MV doesn't even do bold new graphics. They're like, we build art, and if you like yeah. the art, you will buy the art. And I don't care yeah. when the art came out. It is irrelevant when it came out. If you like right. that color scheme, this is the only year it came out. Feel free to buy that color scheme. It was so good. Ride it. Ride the bike or don't ride the bike. Put it in your living room and just use it as an art piece. We don't care, but it's art. I was like, well, damn. Well, that's it, right? Because their tagline is that uh, motorcycle is art. We build art. And and he talked about in the Augusto, our goal is to craft emotion. If we do that, we have essentially expanded the ecosystem because I, I was trying to pin him down that 3% of the population play in the power sports space. How many percent can possibly play in this niche brand? And he's like, well, you're just assuming we're selling to motorcycle riders. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, yeah. what did you say? And he said, we, we sell to art collectors. This is a piece of art. And that's an, is another mic drop. Because no, I, I mean, you talk about a guy who believes what he says. There is no hint of, I'm just saying this because it sounds good to say. He, he just absolutely believes it. And he's coming from a place where people do. They they don't ever put any fluid in the bike. And they just push on the on the on the floor of the local nightclub and off to the races, you know? He was a fascinating interview. And then, you know, we we kind of changed and threw a, a knuckleball with Thomas Bates and Jeff Herodine. Oh, yeah. Uh, two, two separate manufacturers, Barletta and Correct Craft, talking about, you know, a, a back and forth compare and contrast on the market about Marine, about all things. And it's it's funny, man. You have two super brilliant minds of those guys who I could talk to those guys <laughs> quite a bit just to listen to what their perspective is. They got it right, man. And they, they have a, the, those, those two individuals and those two companies, in my opinion, are consistently looking for ways to change. They always want to change. They're not looking to change everything to change just for change sake, but it's like, if we can change something to do something better, to better make yep. the dealer, to better make the product, to, to better, to help the market adjust to the market, they want to change all the time. And I love it. Well, I tell you, Jeff was talking about stability and visibility are critical. And he means visibility into the market, into the market share, into what's going on in retail, and then making sure that we as an OEM are stable so that we can then, something you and I have talked about a lot this last half of the year, is reforecast to make sure that we have the right product at the right time, in this case for our dealers. And then Thomas, that that phrase operational discipline really just stuck out. He, He was centered around we have to operate internally with discipline. Once we're visible, once we're stable, the changes we're going to make are going to be very thought through and we're going to operate with discipline. Love those guys. Yeah. Another manufacturer that we had on, uh, Rich Ragel. Yeah. Helming C. Ray over there. My favorite thing that Rich said was, careful what you say no to. I I loved (laughs) that. And and I think that is every business owner's hamstring is what to say yes to or what to say no to. And did I make the right decision? And man, you don't yeah. know until it plays out in history, but I really liked it. I really liked what he said. About T- that. Tony, you remember, you remember years ago, it's probably been uh, 15 years now, the Harley Davidson, uh, they didn't come out with their legend model, but they made it visible. It was, it was an internal document, internal training inside the walls of Harley Davidson, but they came out with their legend model about what does it mean to buy a Harley Davidson? And it was icon and fire and uh, drawing yeah. a blank on some of the other names. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Around, right. I, yep. And, and it was very much a bond was another one like Harley riders all ride together. There's a bond that goes on there. And it was very obvious that this is this is what we make. We don't make anything other than this. This is what we stick to, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's an there's an example of saying no to a whole bunch of stuff that I don't think has served them. Here we are 15 years later, right? I do like the fact that they did come out with the uh, adventure bike. I think they're trying to crack into a new market with that. But then on the flip side, you got Honda that just said yes to everything, every segment, everything that's out there. And, and you get both sides. And so I think Rich's point was be careful, right? Be understand why you're saying yes to it and understand why you're saying no to that because those lanes widen and narrow every single day. 
Let's go. But, with. Hey, bef- before you before you do one yeah. more thing on Rich that I really like. When yeah. he th- like what what do you think the biggest obstacle in the industry is right now? And if you remember Tony, he was spot. He was very quick with the answer, and he said post sale customer treatment. Now think about yeah. that. In every industry we have, once somebody says yes and takes it home, how much follow up is really done? How how hard do you really work for the relationship after they take it home in our industry? So post sale customer treatment is something I think we could all work on. That just that resonates big because I want everybody to listening that's listening, especially owners of dealerships. I want you to think about that question. Hit pause it and really think about how do I take care of my customer phone call, text messages? Do you you have people just reach out just to see how they're doing, how the purchase is, how the boat is, whatever that might be. I don't think we do it nearly enough. And I do think that that is something that this industry suffers from for sure. Well, and and we're guilty of it too, Tony. You know, how many, how often do we have meetings internally about the glue in between the meetings? Everybody's fired up at 20 clubs. Everybody's feeling like best friends. And then all of a sudden it goes quiet in certain groups in between meetings. And then we probably need to do a better job. We don't, not probably, we need to do a better job of that as well. Yeah. Something to think about for sure. This was probably my favorite interview of the year. And that was Brett Smith with, we went fast. Um, that was just a month ago i think there's something about his the 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 style well first off we're both gen xers and so there's something about the style that connects with me he's a very late 70s early 80s mid 80s centric guy i love the way that he tells stories he's a very well-spoken astute mind just really, really cool. If you guys have not checked out, we went fast, either his podcast or his website or his articles. I implore you to just to go. It's just really good reading material. And he's yeah, so it, down for the industry. He's a journalist. He's, he's making uh, movies. I think he teamed up with Revzilla to make, uh, to make certain movies, including one where his daughter learned how to ride and they documented the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the tagline of that business, Tony, is better stories equal better sport. And one of the things he said that resonated with me was people don't need stuff. They need experiences. And yet how yeah. often are we selling stuff through transactions inside our store as opposed to really slowing down and selling the experience. So Brett Smith, we went fast.com. Go check that guy out. It's good. Great stuff. Dealers have one shot at a first bike experience. That was and his too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you that hits with me because I had purchased many motorcycles that were pre-owned before I bought my first brand new motorcycle. And that was a Harley Davidson in 1995. And the experience that I had was horrible. Mm. Uh, like, like most Harley experiences in that 1990 to 2000 timeframe, because there just was not a lot of inventory and I could sell it forever. I wanted, I have to, I didn't have to provide an experience, but it is so true, man. You get one shot these days before people move on. So um, yeah. really great about, interview. I think he, yeah. No, no, no I'm sorry. I, would, I didn't want to cut you off. I was going to jump up to Cody Gray from Good Hugh Marine because Cody, I mean, we had a great talk about it with so much um, consolidation of multiple rooftops. And here's a guy that's bouncing between literally coast to coast. And I think that was a great interview with him about how he's pulling that off. Yeah. Copy and steal everything. That's right. That's his acronym, right? Case. Case. Copy and steal everything. Right. That was awesome, man. There's another dude. That, clubs. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he got his start in that Harley space. I mean, the guy's traveled all around doing many different things. But I gotta give Neil Pascal props on that one. Yeah, you talk about the acting uh president of the Neil Pascal fan club. But Neil <laughs> is the one who got us that interview. I was I was telling Neil, man, go out there and in all the 20 clubs you moderate, go find me probably some of the better interviews that you that we could have. And that was the top of his list was Cody. You need to go talk to this guy. And he did not disappoint at all. Very good, smart guy. Cody's awesome. He was in our first Marine One group, the first one that we launched. Young man. And now he's got multiple rooftops that he's trying to, trying to oversee all of them. And I really like, you know, this is going to be an obvious to those who have multiple rooftops. But for those thinking about multiple rooftops, maybe it isn't. He said, you know what? Consider making the real estate play as opposed to the rooftop. Right. So hmm. so con- consider owning the real estate and then maybe you could put the rooftop on it later. Stop necessarily looking for the rooftops. Where can you have the best real estate investment and then maybe put the rooftop on top of it? So 
what what a sharp guy for being a young man. And it's going to be very interesting to see what that company does because, you know, for years they were a New England company and now they bought their first point in California. So it's, it's a whole right. different ball game now, but not last, but second to last. Kevin Moore, Colorado Motorcycle Adventures. You know, I had the opportunity to meet him at a dinner that you guys were having here in Steamboat as you were passing through on your ride, which you had a really good time doing. Just a good dude, man. He's one of those guys... Kevin is the kind of guy that like you can walk up to him and it's almost like, you know him and boom, you're right into conversation and you're just talking about this and that and the third. And he was so a, easy. He, yeah. Very, very easy, you know, and, and he had a lot of success in other business, you know, quote unquote, he says he bought this for the kid, but I mean, he bought this as, <laughs> as a business venture that him and his son are, are running and now his son is kind of helming. Yeah, well, yeah for, he's, for, if you if you look at the website, he's got himself listed as an advisor to the business. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But and his son Kevin or his son uh, Dylan is really is really running it. But he's got his dad standing behind him, which is really helpful because to your point, Kevin has such a background in in startups and in multiple businesses, up to and including uh, manufacturer businesses and 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 big equipment rentals, right? And so if you think Colorado Motorcycle Adventure, it's a rental motorcycle company, which is how I got hooked up with him on an eight-day off-road motorcycle trip. Just such a great guy. And I'll tell you, one of my favorite talking points that he pushed out there is to map. They go through... For, now, think about this. You're going to go and you're going to fly to Colorado to rent a motorcycle and take a trip with some people. How many... There's the first initial email. There's the sign-up page. There's the what do I need to bring. There's the... He, he, you know, you're picking up your bike, then you're going on the ride. There's so many opportunities, quite frankly, to blow it on the experience that they go through in a giant whiteboard. They mapped out every customer touch point along that journey. And Kevin's mandate was where, what wow factor are we putting into every one of these touch points? And I thought about all of our dealers from the digital lead that comes in to the appointment and is the boat or bike waiting for me? Is there a sign that says, welcome, Sam, or does nobody know what I'm doing here? Every touch point along the way, I think there's massive headroom for our dealers to improve on that wow factor per touch point, Tony. And then wrapping up with uh, last week's pod that we did with Jeremy Richardson and taking our hats off to him once again for being the guy that uh, pushed us to do this. He had some super, super great ideas on you know Harley's flex program and leasing bikes versus selling. Not he wasn't saying that lease them instead of selling. It's just another tool to have in your toolbox. Yeah, that, uh, getting more customers. Super smart guy, very personable. I tell you, if you, if you ever get a chance to meet that guy at a dealer show or you see him around or you're you're in Iowa, stop in and visit with him because uh, you'll be better for it at the end of the day. Well, one thing that he said that I know you took note of because you've done it in your fire career, which is learning from bad leaders. What can we learn from a bad leader? And I think oftentimes yep. we look at what can we learn from a great customer experience, but do you really take time and deconstruct poor customer experiences, not to beat up the salesperson or the frontline person who delivered the poor experience, but what can we as a dealership collectively learn to make our, our, our business better? And I really like that. I don't think we do that enough. Something went wrong. Let's learn from it. We all know that we can take an irate customer and turn them into a customer for life if we choose to slow down and learn from that experience. So I thought that was a great quote from Jeremy. Great spending time with him. There you are. The year you think in we review. Anybody? I don't think we uh, missed anybody. I mean, I don't think we miss. I, I mean, we could go through all episodes, but I'm, I'm just astounded, like I said, that we will start out our fifth <laughs> season in January. This Did is a see, lot of work. This is this is one thing I, I do want people to know. This is a lot of work too. So this is this is definitely one thing that Sam and I truly love while we're doing it. This is one thing that Sam and I absolutely hate <laughs> getting <laughs> getting to press record because it's a lot of work to get, you know, the guest on board and the schedules and the questions, but we do it because we absolutely love giving this content to the dealer base. That's I good. Think, it's it's yeah. it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and it's a tremendous amount. Where we've heard that from other people, like, "Hey, dude, how long does it take you guys to?" to, to it, it takes a lot of time to, to put it together, but it is a whole lot of fun, and I think it's worth it. One of these days, we might monetize it, but for right now, it's so funny, Tony. I will never forget. We've had a couple times where we've been pushing the podcast, and they're like, "Oh, way to push your own product, gratuitous." But I'm like, "We make zero dollars off of this." There's no, there's no partner that we're, you know, we have nobody that we're pitching on this thing. And uh, 
thankfully we got Pitching one our guy. own product, our own podcast. Yeah, our own podcast. Go back to listening to AM radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know, I want to leave everybody with once again. We've we've come a long way as a company, as an industry, and I just want to thank everybody for being so super loyal, so super tied in, so encouraging, trusting us enough to do what we do. Um, slapping us down when you tell us what you don't like. I'm just super thankful for all of our dealers, everybody listening, all the manufacturers that we do business with, uh, all of the guests that have come on. And last, but most important to us is for me, is the people that are part of our team at Garage Composites yeah. that that make this all happen for us because uh, they're badass and they, they prop Sam at and myself up to look like we know what the hell we're doing. So, yeah, there's it's the ducks swimming across the pond, right? The feet that are pushing along at a million miles an hour. Our whole our whole team putting these meetings together. We thank you so much to the whole team out there. So to the point that Tony said for you guys slapping us down and humbling us and everything, it is not lost on us that we are extremely fortunate that we and I hope everybody listening get we all get to play in an industry that one changes people's lives and two an industry that I hope we all still love. I, I can't every day, if you've heard me give a speech or I come in the house to do training somewhere in there, I say this and I really mean it. I wake up every morning. I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this. I get to do this again in this industry. And I get to buy 15 more motorcycles because of this industry. It's just, it is a really amazing thing. And I think the whole changing people's lives, I'll leave it on this. Some of you may have seen the post on social media. Uh, from Luke, from our team at Garage Composites. And Luke was a guy who came in as a high school teacher and has exceeded probably all of our expectations as far as becoming a trainer very, very fast. And he had no experience on a motorcycle. And he just bought a KLR 650. And the picture of him on social media and how excited he is to be able to play in this space is really what every one of our customers goes through at, at the time of purchase. So I love that we can provide that for people out there. So thank you for everybody out there. Thanks for your patronage. And yes, Tony, thank you to our team. We really appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We will see you guys in 2024. Get some rest, man. You guys get rest this year. Thanks, everybody.